0: Hello! Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. I'm Susie Parker-Goins. Last week, Mary McKenzie and I talked about divination with a really heavy focus on tarot. This week, we're talking about another form of divination. So many practices can be called scrying. I was so surprised to hear what falls under that category. Join us as we explore scrying in its many forms. And honestly, you've probably been doing it all along. Hello, and welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker-Goins, and this is my podcast in which I talk about metaphysical topics that are catching my attention. You can find me on the web at bluelightninghealing.com. You can contact me at suzy at bluelightninghealing.com. Please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, hit the support button, share with your friends, share the love. Thanks. Okay, so here we go. We welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker-Goins. I'm a channel energy healer and guide yet again. I don't know what I'm doing in my life to live so well, to be able to have, to have the honor of Mary McKenzie, the miniature witch on the podcast again, because she has, she knows so much and well, she laughs at my jokes. Well, most of them.
1: The ones I understand. Yeah. From Mary. Hello. Hello. Again, I'm Mary McKenzie. I'm miniature witch tarot readings. I'm a Wiccan high priestess. I am on sabbatical with that right now, but I am looking to restart up classes. They will be online when that happens. Look for that probably next year for sure. I'm taking this year kind of off to recuperate from the year before. Yeah, no (laughs) (laughs) lie. I do mainly tarot readings and try to help people find the focus and the direction in their lives. I am here to help you. And you can find me on Instagram at miniaturewitch. And the link to my website, which will tell you everything that I do, is on that page. And I'm also on
0: Facebook. And it looks like you're going to be at the September Emerald Spiral in Kent.
1: Correct. Yes. I will be resuming live events at that event. I also do the Boeing Psychic Fair and I I will probably be doing that also. I I don't know when that is. I can't remember. So November. Oh, it's November. November. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They shifted it out November 5th
1: and 6th. Yeah. Um, And I think it's in the same place, right? It's in Kent.
0: It's in Kent at the same place as at uh, Emerald Spiral.
1: But yeah, I'll be yeah. at Ocean Shores in August. I'm gonna do that next year. I'm I'm not quite ready to do that this year, yeah. but that's a big event. Yeah. Well, and then there's also yeah, I. 20, I was told 2022 is my year. So oh
0: okay, <laughs> well, I got to talk. <laughs> Whatever about that also. means,
1: you know, you know how you know how it goes with spiritual messages. 2022 is your year. Dot 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 dot. Okay. <laughs>
0: What a great segue because you know readers have told you they're they're doing divination and that's what we're talking about today. Yep. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so. The last episode with you, we <laughs> talked extensively about tarot because that's yes. that's how I know you best as a tarot reader. But then in the course of our conversation, she said, yeah, I do all this other stuff. And you whipped out this book and started listing off things. And as I'm writing these down, it's like, oh, you can talk to me about tarot. That's understood. But tea leaves are tests what is that testography and the pendulum and scrying scrying is the one that I really am interested in, but there's, you know, astrology and numerology, you're listening to your intuition and divination are any of those means that help you focus on your intuition and tapping into Mm -hmm. source or divine or goddess, however you wish to call it to get information mostly unimpeded. I still think, as you mentioned last time, sometimes you've got a reader ego in the way. Aside from Tarot now, since we've done a significant amount of time on Tarot, what are other forms of divination that you do?
1: I know a little bit about astrology. I've had to learn that because of other things that I teach. Being a Wiccan high priestess, all kinds of things come up. It's a good base or foundation to have because it helps you to explain a lot of things to your students as they ask you questions. Also in spell work, you want to know when and where and what time to do things. And so astrology will guide you with that. Okay. I know a little bit about numerology. I know the importance of it. Sometimes specific dates are impactful for you specifically. A good example of that would be what happened January 6th and the reason why that is important is to see that date if you look back in history there have been times where that particular date has been active spiritually also the date when the titanic sank which i believe was april 13th 12th 13th something like that that's also a very energetically powerful day numeral numerologically speaking a lot of stuff happens during that time as the years go by it's important to understand the meanings of the numbers. I know palmistry. Palmistry is interesting because you come into this world with a map or a blueprint that you basically want to follow. That's your original plan. And it is in your hand if you understand how to read the lines. It's all there. And also something that people don't know about palmistry is that the lines change as you age. I was just
0: about to and ask that.
1: I also can talk to you about candle divination, working with candle magic. The using fire is very, very old insofar as seeing what's going on in your life. I have worked with testography or or, um, tea leaf reading. That's interesting. What that really is, is it's a form of scrying also. It's looking at the patterns that the tea leaves leave after you drink the tea and the tea the tea leaves stick to the cup yeah you're looking at what what
0: is there we did a which is high tea in which melody anderson taught us tea leaf reading and so we're all drinking our tea and she said oh yeah if your tea leaves are up near the rim it's very propitious for you it's very important and you'll be rich and so what i did is i took a sip and then i turned my cup and i kept turning my cup so i had tea leaves all <laughs> around the top of it <laughs>
1: Wow well, that that would well. make your that would make your tea leaf reading null and void, Susie, oh, <laughs> because yeah. you influenced it.
0: <laughs> but it was fun to watch her face, <laughs>
1: <laughs> of which you can see in her face. She's thinking, "Oh, I've got one of you in the room. Great!" Oh, she knew it. <laughs>
0: we're we are those two. You stand with us together. We were at an event. They were toning in the back, and somebody was just a little off key. And we started giggling, so we had to leave. We had to move to another part of the, the room, possibly outside, so we could giggle and then come in. And it, it was respectful. I mean, leaving was respectful. Giggling was not, but leaving was respectful. But Melody knew what she was in for when she when we started work playing together. So okay.
1: okay. And then finally I do I know about automatic writing. Um, I can tell you a little bit about that if you want to know, and the pendulum. Psychometry? Do you know about that? Yes, that one psychometry too. Okay. That's actually something that's required in my classes that I teach for Wicca is knowing psychometry. Really?
0: Oh. Hmm. Tea leaves, we talked about a little bit. They use loose tea and you put it in a cup and and then mm-hmm. you drink it and as you drink it i've seen people that the instructions where you drink most of the tea and then you flip the cup over and then mm-hmm. you get those so how accurate is the harry potter
1: scene where um actually it's quite grin. accurate it is it's quite accurate i was impressed i i remember talking to a few friends of mine after i saw that movie and i was like okay jk rowling decided to do her research on that but it didn't surprise me because tessography is really really popular in england it's one of the places that really gained a lot of popularity because it it reached its height in the victorian era a lot of divination methods did and that came about because one thing that a lot of people don't know about is queen victoria sought many many different methods of trying to uh, reach the spirit world so she could talk to albert could because she was so distraught over his death and so she popularized a lot of Divination methods that happened in Victorian times, yeah. including seances and all the stuff that went on in the seances. like
0: table so, tipping and stuff like that.
1: Yep, and the spirit trumpet and the ectoplasm and the you know the all of that was yeah that all got popularized because of her fascination with death and him dying and the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and we could go down the Houdini path on that one. We don't have to right now. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, that is that darker side. There are some folks out there who will take advantage of another person's grief or fear or whatever in order to make a buck using those those mechanisms of spiritualism, not spirituality, but spiritualism. And there was a whole setup Houdini set about to disprove all that. Well, and
1: you know, I surprise people when I tell people that I'm glad that he did that because it it helped to legitimize what we do because there were a lot of people that of course were crackpots that were doing it to, to just take advantage of people and get their money. I tell people that there are two streams in this business. There are people that are really genuine, that really want to help you. And there are people that aren't.
0: Yeah. So that's where using your discernment about it, listening to your gut, somebody who's going to, I think, instill fear in you about what they see. And that's got air quotes around it. That would be somebody I'd go, okay, thank you very much. Next. Gotta go, yeah. but that is. But you see, of- you
1: have the sense to do that, and a lot of people don't. And that's yeah. not a knock against them; it's just where they're at. They don't know that they can get up and walk away. And yeah. and I talk to people about that too. I'm like, you can get up and walk away. You do not have to pay that person if they're starting up something that does not resonate with you or even frightens you. Get up and walk away. They're not for you. There's yeah. there's someone else out there or maybe you're not ready for it yet. You know, you were talking to me earlier about taking your tarot cards to the office and I actually did that but differently because I knew that there were people in the office that weren't as into it as other people. So the way that I got around that was I offered to bring them at Halloween. Then it allowed everybody the chance to just say, oh, this is just for fun. It's Halloween. And I do that, you know, I admit a little surreptitiously, I'm not going to lie. And it's because I know that there are a few people there that do really want to get a reading and do believe in what I do and need my help. If I can reach those two or three people out of 10 people and the rest of them are just going, ha this is just Halloween, whatever it does, it's not real, then that's fine. But what's really fun is to get those people in between the ones that, you know, there's what there's people that are, don't believe it and you're never going to change their mind and that's fine. And then there are people that are really into it, but then there's those people in between that have just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, fine. I'll sit down and see what this is about. And if you get the chance to blow them away in a good way where they walk away from the table going, wow, you have completely changed my mind on this whole thing. And in a really good way, thank you for demystifying it and oh, making yeah. it fun and dispelling the fear. Thank you. Because yeah. that one yeah. person is going to tell 10 other people. And that way you work your magic insofar as making this more about what it's really about instead of what people think it's about so
0: making it accessible so explaining things in terms that somebody can identify with it's not dummying it down it's you know i frequently Mm -hmm. talk about this thesaurus of spirituality whether you call it god buddha Bahalua, the flying spaghetti monster whatever you call it i mean there are different words for it and you can use different phrases for somebody especially you know Mm -hmm. when i explain the tarot this is an external focal point for me so I can think about it. I'm going to see different things in every card each time that are going to apply to, to whatever. And then I just start talking. So tea leaves, those are kind of up for interpretation. People say, well, if you see this shape, it's like, well, I won't see that shape. I see this. And you can scry with, with fire looking up at the clouds yes seeing different shape in the clouds or or the black mirrors the shiny mirrors and stuff like that or just watching how something falls i know i kind of have lost that imaginative play by looking at the clouds and seeing what i'm seeing and when i was out driving down the river road so frequently i i made a conscious effort to open back up to that it's like oh look there's that dragon oh cool okay and there's know the penguin or or, you know whatever it doesn't have to be an animal but to open up to that imaginative place where you get to read stuff into it so it's something anyone can do you got to give yourself permission you know whether you think it's silly or whether you think it's sacred or profound or whatever but giving oneself permission to go and look at things in that way and then making those correlations that's where the scrying comes into play, right? I mean, I've even heard about goat entrails in the Roman times and throwing bones. Is that that's is that the same thing?
1: Yes. Yeah, rune reading is the same. It's it's understanding what the word scrying is or what it means. And it's basically just using a technique that allows your conscious controlling ego mind to step aside. When it does, then that opens the door to the spirit world or the etheric plane, or whatever you want to call it, astral plane, to come in and speak to you and give you messages, give you signs, give you some kind of information that you're seeking or wanting to know. And you can do it, you can scry willingly, or you can scry accidentally, and both apply. When I say accidentally, I surprise people by that. And I'm like, well, What do you think daydreaming is? When you daydream or you get sleepy or you just get a little out of it or a little foggy or whatever, you're you're opening to your subconscious mind. And as soon as you do that, you'll remember things or you'll get impressions or something odd will happen. Like the other day when I was down by the waterfront just walking and so many of those people that have houses, they have lovely gardens in the front. And so I was looking at all the flowers and just feeling the sun and the wind it was pretty pretty intense and the water I could just hear the water it was quiet for a while there weren't any cars or people around and all of a sudden I looked down and there was this huge rabbit right at my feet I just looked down and he was right there because I was right next to somebody's garden I was on the sidewalk and I was like oh hello (laughs) He had no fear of me. He just looked up at me. And then as I I kind of moved my body a little bit forward and he sensed that, so he moved, he just lumbered a little bit away from me and just very quietly went into this bush and he could still see me and I could still see him. Yeah, it was really interesting to, to have that happen. And so, you know, I walked away saying, okay, well, I probably look this up when I get home and somebody's trying to talk to me, but that happened because I was open to it. So that's, that's what scrying is, is it's opening up to the spirit world to hear or experience something that you're trying to know or someone wants to tell you or something like that. So, and and there's lots of different ways to do that. There's different methods to do that.
0: Even like looking behind, when you close your eyes and you get all those different colors behind it, you were talking about daydreaming mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. sparked that, yeah. that thought. It's like, you yeah. can do it. That's what I mm-hmm. like so much about Spirituality is that you don't need all the trappings. Of course, you know. Ask me to move yeah. my nine bazillion pounds of rocks, then I'll say no. I don't <laughs> need them really, but they're so pretty. You don't you need know? anything. You really don't. You, really you don't really need anything. You really don't. You know, you,
1: you are your own scrying tool, really. And yeah. I—that's. Yeah. That comes as a sigh of relief to a lot of people I've taught because they don't have, they don't often have the resources to buy a lot of things to do these things. And I just tell them, you know, thousands of years ago, people didn't have, didn't have what we have now. They relied on the sun and the moon and the stars and the wind and the rain, and they listened to nature.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's easy. She hasn't gone away. She's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, she's always ready to talk
0: to you. And it's, oh, and that's where we go. And this is where you listen. You know, it's listening. It's being open to it. So I can see where one's ego, one's conscious mind, that logical mind can get away. Is there some, do you have some, well, not quick tips, but pride and true tips to help someone get their thinking mind out of the way, just to open up to what intuition or higher self has to
1: say. Practice relaxation. Find out. Find out what relaxation means to you and whatever it is you do to relax, start becoming conscious of that and purposefully look into relaxing because years ago I would tell people meditate, but there's a lot of people who can't meditate or won't meditate, or they just, they rebel against it because they think they have to do it one way. And there's hundreds of ways to meditate. Because meditation is just conscious relaxation. Anytime you relax, let go of the world around you and anything that you perceive as controlling you, and just quiet yourself, quiet your mind if you if you want to say that. But just quiet yourself and practice doing that. Eventually you will start to notice things coming forth to speak to you to communicate to you and that's personal for everybody it's different some people close their eyes and see a lot of things visually I personally don't do that I see things more now that I've gotten older and gotten deeper into spiritual stuff but when I was younger I never used to see anything and I was very discouraged and so I realized that I was experiencing things kinesthetically I was feeling things and I knew things. And so that's that was another way of knowing that I was scrying. I was going out of myself and experiencing spirit that way. So it's, it's just practicing relaxation consciously. And if you want to develop your skill to scry and to, to speak to the spirit world, then stay aware of the fact that you can do this consciously. Make the time every day if you want or every other day or whatever schedule that works for you take some time out away from everybody someplace where you can be alone with your thoughts I tell people and they understand that statement alone with your thoughts and then once you're alone with your thoughts consider doing something that lets you gently pull yourself away from your thoughts so that you're not thinking you're just you're just feeling You're breathing, you're experiencing, you're just sensing whatever's around you. Like this morning when it was raining, after I woke up, I just laid there in bed and just listened to the rain. That's all I did. I wasn't sleepy because I just woke up. So I wasn't in danger of falling back asleep. So I just listened to the rain. I listened for, for lack of a better way of saying it, a voice. I listened to the goddess's voice which for me, it isn't actually a voice. It's more like a feeling that I can translate into words, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It means something to me. And if it seems specific, or I get this feeling of I need to really pay attention to my feelings at that time, then I'll actually turn over and open up my journal and write something. But that's a really good example of just focused relaxation. is a way of putting it. It's hard to explain because scrying and, and those kinds of things are really personal for each person. I so, would encourage anybody who wants to get into that to really look at the, all the different ways you can do it and find something that works for you.
0: Like with tarot, it, symbols mean different things to different people. Yeah, They'll see it from a different perspective. So if you see something in the fire that somebody else sees and you agree, it's Mm -hmm. the same shape. But then going further, it's like, what does that image mean to you? Yeah, And that will mean something different. I mean, even with Tarot and the books and stuff, I, I get different meanings from them. It is certainly an interesting way to spend an evening. Like we're almost at fire pit time. That would be an interesting time to play with it and relax into it. I can see staring into the fire, going into a light trance or a slightly detached from what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that to me is a way of relaxing and shifting my focus. They talk about softening your eyes focus so you can see auras. And I haven't been able to do that yet one day, but then to look into it. And sometimes I feel like I'm falling into it and into this other zone, Mm -hmm. if you will. It's really fun to take that time, it, it releases my brain from that, oh, what's my to-do list right now, or what do I have Which to do? Which is
1: important to do, yeah. Yeah. That's really important to do that, because if your mind is always focused on the intellect and the here and now, and what's my next thing, and the calendar and everything, you can really, you can destroy yourself, your health, and your life. You are an organic being. You have to have time to let go. You have, I have- to. <laughs> I, I I didn't used to be as intense about that before, but I am now. As I get older, I'm realizing it for myself. I have to watch about being preachy about it because it's <laughs> it's really important. Well, for honestly, your health. So. The past year,
0: we've all had an opportunity to separate. Some of us had to stay at home and figure out yeah. what we were going to do and how it was going to happen, and that's. Not necessarily a bad thing, not only intellectually, but energetically. I sense that shift Mm -hmm. that people are going, you know, I don't have to put up with that. I'm going to go and do this. And now everybody who's been saying, oh, it's the way we've always done it. They're beginning to freak. Well, why don't you come and shift with us? It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's that giving yourself permission to shift and to see beyond. Trusting. I I find that's an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. People don't always trust what they hear or see or experience they it's like nah that's not my grandmother even though you know that that giggle but trusting that what you hear it's easy to get the intellectual mind get in the way of what information you're getting from any sort of scrying or intuition you're receiving so scrying covers a lot it's more than tea leaves and fires and clouds it's it's all kinds of things you mentioned listening to your body i tend to use my body as a pendulum or applied kinesiology, muscle testing. But you can have a tool, tools are not always necessary, but you can have a tool which is some kind of stringy, I use a necklace and something weighted at the end and that's a pendulum. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it's taken me a while to really work or, or not be cranky when I work with pendulums. When I first started working with them, I was taking a Magic 101 class. I'm holding a pendulum and it just wasn't moving. It just was not moving. And I'd sit there and go, well, it's because I have to have a yes, no answer. And I have to think this through. And it takes so long. And I could just listen to my own intuition. Yeah, but then I don't always trust it. So one day I'm standing there in the shop with a pendulum. And I said, you don't work with me very well because I have such an innate distrust with you, right? And it gave me a yes that just about bonked me in the face. I was just like, okay, I get that. So now I am more open and I am... I don't think I have to be kind or compassionate to it, but I have to trust it more. And pendulums, I think was my first blockage with it, was that I thought it had to be a yes, no answer. So what's your experience with pendulums and all?
1: My first experience with a pendulum was, I was really young. I was learning fortune telling as a child. I've, I've been at this since I probably was eight years old. And I had a little kit that my mother bought me <laughs> because she knew that it was something that I was interested in. She thought it would be fun. And and so the kit had a little, just a little silver chain with a, a I think it was a, just a little cut glass crystal at the end of it. I started working with it with a chart. You can get charts that will show you if the pendulum moves a certain way, it's answering something for you. It isn't just yes, no. <laughs> I discovered my telekinesis ability through it, (laughs) because if, if I just let it try to do its own thing, it wouldn't. But then I realized that I could move it with my mind. So it really didn't work for me the way it works for other people. Specifically, I don't really use a pendulum. But I will say that I have watched other people that I love dearly and respect highly who have used them very effectively to what i've seen mostly is to um confirm things that they may have already found out or need to know very specifically very quickly i knew somebody that used it instead of a dowsing rod it was about to to find the water yeah okay so and she was using it to find certain specific energy spots in a yard because we were going to be doing a ritual and those were the spots where we concentrated our energies to contact the elemental energies in the yard and it was nice to know that she did this because then we knew where to focus I thought that was pretty amazing it kind of blew me away pendulums can be used to very effectively confirm things confirm energies and situations and questions for people and I I like that.
0: So you mentioned dowsing rods. I, I know several people who said, Yeah, my grandfather was a water witcher and he could find water anywhere. Pendulums, as I've just described them, is something that hangs and swings. And then a
1: dowsing rod is is it usually copper? It's always copper. It should be, it should be copper because copper works electromagnetically with water. It can Mm -hmm. sense the water. It's quite scientific actually. And it uses your ability as an energetic being, a conduit. Yeah. That's a good word to find the water. Because if you walk to the spot where the water is, the energy from the water will come up into your body. And then the rods tell you that energy's coming up through your body. That's really all it really is. It isn't the rods itself. The rods are answering your energy. And okay. if you if you are an open, more open spiritual being, you're not as closed off, you're yeah. going to be much better at dowsing. Okay,
0: yeah, those are the L-shaped rods where mm-hmm. those are the L-shaped rods that you hold the short end in your hand and they flip out and they flap back and forth so that you can mm-hmm. identify things. And yeah, it's it's like, Actually, a really valid sort of thing. I want to pop back though to scrying, a really popular. Mm-hmm. We talked just briefly about mirrors and and clouds and stuff. Crystal balls, mm-hmm. those are used. That that's part of that stereotypical fortune teller. Crystal
1: stereotype. balls and black mirrors take scrying one step further because what they do is they once you're open, you you've you've moved stepped aside from your ego and you're you're very open you can use that energy to actually see things. And the crystal ball or the the black mirror, all a black mirror is is it's it's a mirror that's been blackened or it's a it's a receptacle full of water that's has a the bottom of it is black. So oh. and the reason the reason why you want to darken the surface is because reflections obviously show up easier on a dark surface as opposed yeah. to a light surface when you use a crystal ball, you use it in a darkened room and it's good to have the light source behind you. So uh, having, a, having an understanding of photography helps a lot using oh. a crystal ball because then it doesn't, it doesn't just reflect objects in the room. So that's why you wanna have the light source behind you okay. but you will actually see things in the ball or in the, in the mirror, in the bowl, the water bowl and what you're doing is you're projecting what's inside of you into the object so that you can see it better. Nostradamus used a water bowl, a blackened water bowl to see everything that he saw. That's how he made his predictions. And so that's that's how that system works, is it's again, it's you uh-huh. using a tool to bring out what you are already experiencing in a way that you can actually physically experience it. Because we, we can see visions all the, all the time if we shut our eyes and meditate. A lot of people see their visions that way. Most people do. But there are actual people who, in a clairvoyant sense, can actually see things with their third eye or even sometimes even with their naked eye through projecting their energy through something. And some people are just natural scriers. They don't even need any kind of tool. They'll just see something. They'll see stuff. Those are the people that like walk through graveyards in the middle of the night and they can see spirits because they're seeing their ability projected out into this, this plane of existence, which has its own electromagnetic fields that you can project stuff out into. And cool. that's why some people could see ghosts and other people can't. Oh. They have, they, the, the person that sees them, whether they know it or not, that's why you get these, these normal average Jones that say oh my god i saw this ghost in the graveyard it's because they can see things they just didn't know they could okay they have the ability to do that that's so cool okay
0: um let's see how to segue because where were we at before i interrupted scrying <clears throat> scrying <laughs> crystal balls dowsing we, we were at dowsing yeah so i'm good with dowsing how can i tie this in manipulating energy working at reading energy being able to read energy is important. It feels like to me that's part of what psychometry is. Yes. Being able to read yeah. the, the energy of an object.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, everything has energy and everything leaves energy. Over this last year in the pandemic, we all learned how important it is to wash our hands, to sterilize our hands because the virus moved through the air. The, the same thing can happen psychically. Things move through continuum all the time and so they they get stuck to things that's why houses have impressions when you walk into them that's why certain things have impressions when you look at them or pick them up it's because they're still carrying that energy it's really easy to infuse and leave energy into things and so that's why it's also important to protect yourself all the time because if you're thrown into a situation or a house or something where you're going to be exposed like virus, (laughs) to energy that may not necessarily be good for you, can harm you, so you protect yourself. You learn how to do that, but psychometry specifically is objects that have picked up energy. I, I tell my students, if you like to go antiquing or thrift store shopping, really make sure that you're cleaned and protected before you go, because those stores have all kinds of things that have been owned by people of all kinds of backgrounds and I everybody has that story where they've gone into a thrift store or an antique mall or something and picked up something and said oh my god that just felt really icky and I had to drop it or put it back on the table or I just or I yeah. looked at it and I had to back away there was just something about it that was just wrong that's yeah. that's what it that is that's what psychometry is is you're sensing the energy that's still in that object <gasps>
0: from it's their a, previous owner. Yes. Now, there's a friend of mine who likes to pick up those haunted porcelain dolls, and she says, "What do you see in this one?" And I would just go, <laughs> "I don't." <"Ugh." laughs> but she's so cute. She's so lonely. Uh, yeah, she she needs to. Be, <laughs>
1: people who are empathic don't like clowns or dolls because of the vacuous stare coming out of their eyes you can't read anything in the eyes yeah there's nothing there and that's wrong to a lot of people I know me I don't like dolls or clowns at all because they they just they're not giving me anything when I look in their eyes it's just it's dead she picks up haunted (laughs) dolls and I'm just thinking oh my god
0: don't don't turn your back on her just don't turn your back (laughs) Or fall asleep because yeah <laughs> yeah okay anyway I'm yeah, moving right along <laughs> but psychometry I, I have seen a psychometrist work and and that is one of those things I would like to figure out to learn how to do but I saw somebody take like a ring and hold it and was able to talk about the person who had owned the ring previously. So that to me is a it's really fascinating. And I understand that energy imprints can be left on places too. It's called geomancy. Yes. And like I'm sure Gettysburg or Antietam or any of those Civil War places it's just got tons of energy imprints. Uh mm-hmm. at one time I was reading all that I could from Mary Summer Rain. And she was a psychic that she made a differentiation between a psychic imprint, which was kind of like the negative of film that kept running of, of an event versus a being or a spirit being attached to a place where you could release the spirit. But the imprint was just like a film that kept running. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, kind of, yeah, that would be a way of, of psychometry if you're able to tune into that. Other kinds of forms of divination. We touched lightly on astrology. I don't know astrology very well. Apparently, me being an Aries and saying, yeah, whatever is typical. I'm fine with that. Um, numerology. <laughs> numerology is, I don't want to say a science of number, but there are significance in numbers. Yeah. People talk yeah,
1: about I numbers keep has has a meaning.
0: Yeah. As an energy or a meaning to it. Or people keep saying, oh, I keep seeing this series of numbers all the time. And there is a meaning attached to that I know. 11 and 22, 33, those repeating numbers, those are called master numbers. Can you define that for me, please? Master numbers. My birthday is April 11th, but 11 has been one of those numbers. People see it in my birthday and they go, oh, and it's like, you know, a tarot reader slinging out cards and they make those noises like, oh, 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 okay. (laughs) Like You need to tell me what that means. Master numbers. What's the import of those impact?
1: Master numbers are numbers that denote usually a person or an event of major significance. Like if you put together a date and the numerologist says, oh, well, that's all. When you do numerology, you take birth dates or names of people and you translate the the letters into numbers yeah. and then you take all yeah. those numbers and you add them up add them up add them up until you reduce them down to one digit okay a long time ago in numerology they decided that 11 and 22 and 33 were numbers that you wouldn't reduce down to 2 or 4 or whatever you wouldn't add those numbers together i'm not really sure where or why that started, I can only tell you that what came out of that was so many times these numerologists would see great people or great events happen during those numerical periods. In, in the case of people seeing 11 in your name, Susie, I would assume that would mean that you came into this life with a very specific purpose of doing what they call in the magic world, the great work. Um, And I don't know if that's a term you've heard before, but the great work is you becoming the best you that you can possibly be and the best reflection of God that you can possibly be. Because when everybody does that, then we all attain what we're supposed to be attaining to move on and ascend to the next thing. So that's the great work. And there are those that are more awakened to that than others. You are more awakened to that. An astrologer or a numerologist will see that in your birth information and in your numerological information. That's what that means. Because, like I, when I was born, I was my original maiden name comes out to be an eleven. Also, oh. you know, I was determined to to be somebody who would also be doing that. You you're of effect, you're effectively a guide for humanity is a good way of saying that. Okay. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it really is. And we don't need to do a lot to be that. We just need to awaken to it and go, okay, I'm okay with that. And and that's not easy to do either. A lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, like, <laughs> like, for example, you know, Kevin, you've met Kevin. When Kevin and I started working together in the coven, I did all of his astrology and his numerology. That was standard. I do that with anybody I work with on that basis. And it came out to be that Kevin's actually a 22 and I told him what that meant and he was like no I'm just an I'm just an artist thanks I don't want to know but he's realized in the last 15 years that I worked with him that he does have a greater purpose yeah and now he's decided to be responsible to that and you know I didn't push him off cliff to do that he decided that on his own but yeah that's that's To answer your question that's what that means okay. so. but not to minimize
0: it that is all of our purposes i think everyone who incarnates at yes. this time yeah is to work to be the best version of themselves that they can be to uplift and, and elevate the vibration it's just those of us with those master numbers i guess yeah.
1: don't have a choice
0: <laughs> no no <laughs> i guess it's the club i don't know that must be the secret handshake that nobody showed me i don't know <laughs> Looking at this whole uh, scrying and, and putting meaning into so many things that you mm-hmm. see around you. You were talking about the rabbit and I talk about clouds. That is an opportunity for any anyone really who's willing to do it to bring, to bring magic or divine or meaning to, to see the signs and omens in everyday life. I think we all live, we have the choice to live a charmed life. Or to have a life of magic and, and to see things—it's not. I don't think it's to walk around with the wonderment of a child, because no, because we're not that anymore. But to add meaning to someplace, to to infuse our everyday experiences with a depth that spirituality however that takes shape and even if it's even if it is looking at it from that science point of view saying you know those molecules came together to make that everything's energy and this is a difference in energy but to to understand the complexity of, of life and and that oh boy I'm really going down a rabbit hole here you can yeah I'll let you go <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> um,
1: slide with me I but you can make I don't think there's anything wrong with being a child and I don't think there's anything wrong with being an adult I think I, I think the best way to to circle back to to anything is to say okay how can I find the innocence I knew as a child where everything was fine nothing bothered me And take the wisdom that I've gained being a stuck in the matrix adult and merge the two and and use both experiences to move into what I want to do next or I I mean to do next. And, you know, you don't have to be spiritual to do that. You can just be an everyday person and do that, too.
0: Yeah. It's what you want
1: to do with it. I
0: find that using the practices, however they show Mm -hmm. up, that helps me, number one, get out of bed in the morning. And number yep. two that makes me a better person and it's just now with masks you know if all it, it means is that I wave to somebody and thank them you know for not running me over in the parking lot or you know it's like, <laughs> hi how you doing hi. you know it's yeah. it's imbuing your life with that and again we're going to talk about whatever different words whether it's magic or gratitude or mindfulness love whatever it is but to Take yourself out of the matrix, as you called it, and to set yourself up in such a place that you can see there's just so much magnificence about in the world. And it can be something great. It can be something spectacular. It can be something really small. I think that's the point of reading so much into different things. Divination helps to bring that everyday magic to light and Mm -hmm. gives us a meaning it can be pretty entertaining. I know when I talk to guides, you know, guides, the guides will tell me, ask me, do you want me? People will ask, how do I know my guides are there? And I have been known to say, ask them for a sign. Oh, I want to see a feather. Okay. You can see a feather, but where do you see it? It's important to understand. It's not just going to be a bird flying across. Once I was walking my kids to school and I saw two feathers on the sidewalk, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And walking back, it was like, I thought a seagull had blown up. It had exploded because there were feathers, like four or five of them. There's some naked gull going around uh swell. But, you know, it's like, okay, okay. I got a sign. I got a sign. But it doesn't have to be on the ground. It can be in the clouds or on a billboard or just, you know, what you see or something that you may see in your peripheral vision. Those are always Mm -hmm. fun. So
1: finding that magic in everyday life is... It's really something that's significant to you that's, you know, out of the ordinary, you know, you can be cooking dinner and, you know, all of a sudden something happens when you're cooking that just steps outside of the ordinary process of you doing that. I don't know what that would be, but just something that makes you go, oh, to pay attention to that, just pay attention to that and go, oh, okay. And then stop and go okay what are you trying to tell me is there a message here often when I do that I'll get something very brief but it'll be something along the lines of it's going to be okay or don't worry your rent will get paid (laughs) or you're all right or that person's going to be all right or see me later in meditation yeah it's really quick but it's just something to get my attention
0: it could be something like an ancestor trying to come through, which is a whole nother podcast, Ancestral Healing. Paying attention and, and listening and trusting that it means something and then taking that time to ask, what do you need to tell me? What's the message in this experience? And that, I think, helps to, to really deepen a life experience and, and to expand the possibilities. That's what we're all about. If time is all one great big ball of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff, Stephen Moffitt um then it it opens up so many doors and we're not confined to our social media whatever newscast we watch we can even get out of the newscast and and go and look around fabulous so i think we have really hit a lot of the things
1: candle magic we will talk about yeah i'm going to hit you up for a candle magic episode sure yeah that's that's a really fascinating subject and it's fun a lot of people like that because it, it's a good focus, you know, and then I've had people say, oh, you know, when I do candle magic, I really feel witchy and magic-y and stuff. And it's because, you know, the association with candles and witches and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. great, whatever works for you, you know, but, you know, it can also be quite beautiful because it's yeah. about light. You know, it's bringing light in. I do a very long ritual every morning for myself and for the planet. That involves lighting seven candles on my altar. There are days like this morning, it was because it was cloudy and rainy. It was quite dark. It was Mm -hmm. what a contrast from the day before. To have all of those candles lit, it just really brought a lot of warmth to the room. Changes the energy candles will change the energy it's a fun thing to talk about
0: yeah well Um, even blowing out the candles on a birthday cake before somebody starts jumping into my chili over magic it's like nope you blow out a candle making a wish thank you so much mary mckenzie the miniature witch for talking with me again i am so thrilled (laughs) i'm so glad so we've already got you scheduled for a candle magic episode what else did i say I don't know. We'll just see whatever. And we didn't even hit all of the ones we were talking about, but I figure we're good. But if anybody wants to know more information about Mary McKenzie,
1: you can go to? Instagram It's best place to find me. At Miniature Witch, W Y T C H E. So, links
0: are in the description box. And yes, you said you'll yes. be at Emerald Spiral in September and in September. Yeah, and at the BEPC Wellness Expo, Expo. it's going to be in November. So, I know I'll see you November. in November, if not yeah. sooner. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be doing gigs in Auburn. There's a friend of mine, Nicole Chisholm, who has got the Bougie Botanica and Octopus Opal, and she's doing monthly psychic fairs there. I'm going to start doing those in July. Yeah. So in addition to our online opportunities, we're beginning to go into physical meetups. Looking forward to being able to have dinner with you again, Mary, so we can hug and hang out and giggle. Yay. And get hugged by do your them. dog. Yes. <laughs> Thanks again, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. Of course, we'll do it again. I'm really grateful. And this is Susie from Blue Lightning Healing. Until next time, blessings. Thank you.